G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. over 60, even though I'm pretty fit and strong, I've noticed that the old body isn't working quite as well as it used to. But here's a promise from God that I'm really looking forward to. One day, He's going to give me and you a new body. One that won't get sick. One that'll last forever. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be with you again. Today we're going to take another look at hope from a different perspective. Eternity, as things turn out, is rather a long time. Right now, the oldest person I know in my circle of friends has just turned 100 years old. This woman is a great lady with a sharp wit. I love her dearly. But at age 100, her body is starting to show the signs of her age, you'll understand. She walks with a walking frame and she's kind of stooped over. Her eyesight isn't as good as it used to be. And of course, she has just a few more wrinkles than the rest of us. Her body is in pretty good nick for her age, 100 years old. But as you'd expect, age is taking its toll. One day, she, like you and me, will return to dust. That amazingly complex, finely tuned body that we've all been given, that has served us all so well, one day will be no more. So the question then arises, okay, we die. So what happens then? The Bible promises resurrection. That's the point of Jesus rising from the dead. The writer of the book of Hebrews puts it this way. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that he might come to have first place in everything. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 18. So, how does that work? You're dead, your body's decayed either in a coffin or through cremation, and then one day Jesus returns. You and I are raised with him. But what do we do for a body? It might on the one hand seem like a bit of a strange esoteric question for us to ask and answer, but hey, it's a very real question, because this resurrection thing ain't a theory. I know, I know, most of us think that our death is a long, long way off, unless, I guess, we've just celebrated our 100th birthday. We push these things way off to the side because it's all about living life today and the things we can buy and the fun we can have and and the things we need to kick off our to-do list today and tomorrow and all the busyness of life. But friend, listen to me. One day that will stop dead, if you'll pardon the not-so-gentle pun, one day none of those things will matter anymore. And indeed, the only thing, the only thing that will matter is our relationship with Jesus or not. Full stop, end of story. So on that day, what are you and I going to do for a body? Well, here's the answer. The Apostle Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 to 58. But some will ask, how are the dead to be raised? With what kind of body do they come? Fool, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat or of some kind of grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. 
Not all flesh is alike, but there is one flesh for human beings, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are both heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. But the glory of the heavenly is one thing, and that of the earthly is entirely another. There is one glory of the sun, and there is another glory for the moon, there is another glory for the stars. Indeed, star differs from star in glory. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonour. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a physical body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it's not the spiritual that is first, but the physical, and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man, Jesus, is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are those who are of dust. And as is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. Just as we have been born in the image of the man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. What I'm saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I'll tell you a mystery. We will not all die, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and will be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishability, and the mortal body must put on immortality. When this perishable body puts on imperishability and this mortal body puts on immortality, then the saying that is written will be fulfilled. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, because you know that in the Lord... Your labour is not in vain. So you and I, if we believe in Jesus, will receive an imperishable spiritual body through which we will inherit the kingdom of God, a body that won't age like the one we have today. We see that in Jesus. His resurrection body, the body he had after he was crucified and rose again, he had a body, he ate food, his body bore scars of his crucifixion, and yet he didn't seem particularly bound by physical constraints like locked doors and distances. Will our bodies be exactly like his? Will we look the same as we look now? Those things we don't quite know. But this we do know, that the body we receive will be a new body and one that will be good enough to last us for, well, pretty much all eternity. So those of you with a few aches and pains, I think this is pretty good news, don't you? A new body that's completely imperishable, one that won't decay, won't wrinkle, won't get sick, won't hurt, won't give up, over the years, decades, hundreds of years, millennia, billions, trillions of years, eternity, that you and I are going to need it for. My friend, I don't know about you, but I think this is absolutely brilliant news. I'd like to tell you about the second oldest person I know. He's a man who is about to turn 97 years old. He's blind, he's incontinent, he walks very slowly, he feels his way along the walls from room to room in his home where he lives. If you took a look at his physical presence, you'd be thinking to yourself, well, there's not much of this old fellow left. But of all the people I know, he has one of the strongest fires of faith and hope burning in his heart that I've ever seen. 
His passion for the lost is amazing. His faith-filled prayer, I have no doubt, moves mountains around the world on a daily basis. I think of him often and pray for him, and I imagine what is going to happen when God gives this guy a new body, this imperishable, immortal resurrection body that he's promised us here in his word. That's going to be an awesome day. And my friend, if you've put your faith in Jesus, that awesome day is just around the corner for you. In your future is a day when you will receive your resurrection body, your imperishable body, your forever, never get sore or sick ever again body. Why am I harping on about this? Because this is the stuff of the certain hope that you have through a faith in Jesus Christ. It's not a pipe dream. It's a certain hope. And the problem is that most of us just don't spend a lot of time thinking about this stuff. We should. Go grab yourself a Bible. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Don't read anything else for a whole week. Just read that chapter over and over again. And then tell me what sort of difference your hope in Jesus Christ is making to your life here and now. I will eat my hat if it doesn't make a world of difference as you take your mind off the immediate and rest it in the certain hope that you have through a faith in Jesus Christ. hard just to make it through each day. It's just so easy to lose sight of the hope. I mean, the rock-solid certain hope for the future that we have in Christ and Christ alone. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet, More Hope Than You Can Ever Imagine. And with those life application questions at the end of each chapter, you'll be able to chew things over to apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. See, God's Word is alive and active. Amen. So I'm praying that He'll help you through this booklet to live every moment of every day in abundant hope. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1300 722 415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.